This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies. Because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. It is the uh, 1 December in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yesterday is going to go down as one of the, I think, most important days in modern history. Uh, Elon Musk and Neuralink were up Joe Allen and Libby Emmons. It's going to join us uh, later in this hour to go through everything that happened yesterday of the man-machine merger that is now upon us. Okay, now upon us, years ahead of the project, or the putting of the com- essentially a computer, uh, eventually very quickly into a homo sapien. We're going to get to all that artificial general intelligence, regenerative robotics, quantum computing, all the the singularity is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And that would be baby signal, not noise. We're going to get to all that. Um, Macron's in um, in at the White House, and it's because of Ukraine, because they need a bailout on Ukraine. They need you to put up hundreds of billions of dollars you don't have, right, on, on something that is a border dispute that is not in the vital national security interest of the United States. The vital national security interest of the United States is the southern border of this nation and, and Steve Cordes and I are not neocons and Jack Posobiec, the South China Sea and Taiwan. And here's the reason. Because of a whole lot of decisions that were made, the entire uh, advanced chip production and design is in Taiwan, 90 miles off the coast of mainland China. And, hey, if they control it, trust me, the U.S. economy will drop 25%. Okay? You think you 1930s look bad? Uh, in, in the United States, you ain't seen nothing yet. And we're going to get Tudor Dixon up here in a moment to talk about China and all of it. Um, Mersheimer, there's an hour interview with Mersheimer that I've got up on Getter, and I'm going to have Pacific on either later today or tomorrow to break it down. But once again, the guy that said that Ukrainian people were being taken down the Primrose Path by Davos, Brussels, the city of London, Wall Street, and the radicals in this, uh, the globalist radicals, in the uniparty, the administrative state and the deep state has got a brain analysis. And he says what we've been saying here in the war room. You're, you're right now. You've, you've forced Russia into the arms of China and they're consolidating the Eurasian landmass. And you've got, you know, we're doing it again. You're, you're, this is like the dark valley of the 1930s. Okay. And somebody's going to look for somebody to blame and they're not going to blame war room and they're not going to blame this audience and they're not going to blame the posse. And here's why. And I want to bring in Mark Mitchell. Because these are stunning numbers, and I want to get make sure that uh, Grace and uh, Captain Ben and everybody are putting this out so the posse can see this. You have to read this Rasmus in the cross tabs. Fifty nine percent of the American people, and now think uh, there was cheating uh, that affected the twenty twenty election by Rasmussen, one of the best pollsters out there. Seventy one percent thinks it affected Arizona. Mark, walk us through this once again because these are blocked. This is another tectonic plate shift in the American people's awareness. And I believe it was, you know, us and others to continue to relentlessly go through and talk about what happened in 2020, because listen, in after 23 and 24, as hard as this is going to get on working class people in the middle class, uh, people are going to look, they're going to sit there and they're going to want to blame somebody. They're going to want to blame somebody. And one of the things they're going to say is how did this regime, how did Biden with no support, nobody around and 81 million votes, where are they? How did this happen? Well, as we've told them, it was stolen, okay? And so they ain't going to blame the war room. They're not going to blame the war room. They're going to sit there and go, yeah, these guys told us from day one, and they didn't get off it. Walk us through these blockbuster numbers on 2020 and particularly Arizona. Well, that 59% number is not new. So we knew cheating could potentially be an issue in 2020, and we've been asking about cheating since before then. And we've tested that question multiple times, I think six or seven times since 2020. The number's always been a strong majority. So a strong majority of voters have always thought that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 election, including very strong, like almost all the Republicans, right? But a very strong majority of independents as well. And even a good chunk of Democrats, you know, 30, 40 percent 
Um, but this 71%, once again, a 12-point bump up because people are looking at what's happening in Arizona and they're seeing shenanigans. And I think, you know, there's multiple reasons why it could be breaking through now. But I think I I, I think I have an idea of very explicitly why it is. And, and once again, I said this before the break, Democrats don't like cheating. They just don't. They're just like all the other voters. So if you ask them how important it is to prevent cheating, 90% say it's important. If you ask them if a voter ID is a reasonable measure, you know, mid 70s say, yeah, it is just like all the other voters. But where they differ on election integrity is that if you ask somebody if it's more important to prevent cheating or to make sure everybody votes, every single demographic says it's more important to prevent cheating, except for Democrats. So I think Democrats have this narrative that people continue to be disenfranchised. And I think part of that is, you know, the the meme that they're more emotional thinkers and less logical. And so if you try and pin them down on election cheating, they always nope out of the question before this particular election. If you, you know, is there cheating that affected the 2020 outcome? That's about mid 20s spread out in all the different responses. They just don't have an opinion. And that's because they'll shift to another narrative. But here's an example where like we're very clearly maybe hundreds of thousands of people were disenfranchised. And that might not be a, as much a strong a message of fraud, but about election integrity and disenfranchisement. And that is breaking through the Democrat shell on this issue in a, in a big way. And the extent, you know, we asked another question, too. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This is about our sacred right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of on November 8th. So 72 percent of voters agree with that statement. Uh, 69% of Democrats, including 35% of Democrats who strongly agree. And that's a Carrie Lake quote. So we have 70% of, de- 69% of Democrats, 35%, uh, you know, strongly agreeing with Carrie Lake that voters in Arizona were denied their sacred right to vote. Uh, so whatever the message, right? That one seems to have stuck in a way that every other question we've asked has not. Uh, Mark, how do people, uh, get to, I know you get YouTube, you've got these different outlets. How do people follow Rasmussen? Because even after yeah. the midterms, you guys are pulling stuff every day. Uh, we have a website, rasmussenreports.com. Uh, we have stories on there and we would humbly ask that people come on and support us by being paid subscribers and reading their articles. But also on YouTube, I take our biggest polls and I run through the highlights. We also have sponsored polls um, that people can go and see the entire cross tabs. So go follow our, uh, us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and I'll run through all the important aspects. And we have a, a really great Twitter feed where we cover issues like election intake. Mark uh, Mitchell, thank you very much. Enlightening. Uh, Cortez, let me get in here before we talk about China with with uh, Tudor. Um, particularly these results at Arizona. This is one of the reasons I wanted to fight this. I thought they should fight the certification process right. more publicly i understand arizona law if you're going to contest election you got to get through certification what do these numbers tell you about the, where the american people are about uh about cheating in these stolen elections sir right well it tells me that there's a lot of support for further adjudicating what happened in arizona what i mean by that specifically is the attorney general of that state brinovich he thankfully and by the way brinovich not at all one of us not maga not a patriotic populist nationalist but he issued a very strong, uh, very well-written letter to Maricopa demanding answers, answers that he did not get. Now, he can't just let that rest uh, from here on, right? So what will he do next? Will he, in fact, go to court? I hope he, he, that he does. I believe it's imperative that he does if he's going to do his duty to the citizens of Arizona to litigate this. You know, and as I've mentioned previously, to me, the biggest violations here are 14th Amendment equal protection violations. This is Bush v. Gore on steroids. Back in the year 2000, the Supreme Court overwhelmingly said this nonsense in Florida has to stop on violations of equal protection that were minuscule compared to these violations. So there are constitutional, not just practical, but constitutional issues at stake here. And I hope that Brinovich will do his job um, and serve the people well here and, and litigate. Yeah, the rest of the Republican establishment uh, do see in this crowd are absolutely awful. Brinovich and particularly his staff, he's got, I think, Jennifer Wright and some other people. Right. Hey, they got to stand up here. And now you've seen the numbers. If you don't stand up, hey, I kind of would say note to self, end a political career. But, hey, mm-hmm. taking guidance. Let's play. I want to play um, Apple and what's happening over in China, bringing Tudor Dixon. Anger boils over into violent protests at the world's largest iPhone factory. Workers stream out of Foxconn's factory dorms in central China. Hey! 
protesting unfair treatment, dirty living conditions, and chaotic COVID rules at the Apple supplier. Videos obtained by CNN show a group of police in white hazmat suits beating workers with batons and metal rods. The police are hitting people, a worker shouts in the video. A Foxconn employee at the protest told CNN, The scene turned into a river of blood. Police hit the workers ruthlessly. Earlier squadrons of riot police had rolled in. They're going to start beating us. Protesters yelled in fear, facing off rows of law enforcement with riot gear. The protest escalated into the evening, workers tearing down COVID barriers, using metal beams against police. Show this for hours. This was even before the uh, the riots and protests in Beijing. Let's bring in Tudor Dixon. Tudor, you know this because you're involved in the manufacturing business. You see how the heartland of this country was gutted by Wall Street and the global corporatists. And this is what it was. Lao Beijing, the people in China are slave laborers to the globalists. And now the revolt. Tudor, when he hears things like River of Blood, where's Biden and the Biden administration on this? You've got people over there that are being beat. And these are kind of factories run as contracts for American companies. Ma'am. Well, I think what you're seeing here is the problem with career politicians who have no private sector experience. So the Biden administration doesn't know where to be on this. They're out there talking about Twitter, complaining about Elon Musk, saying we're going to have to do something about that. Where Apple is sitting here, not only is Apple helping the Chinese government, but they have their own people that they are employing who are being beaten down by the Chinese government. And and there is nothing being said by the Biden administration to Apple. Hey, you've got to find a different source. You can't be over there. You can't allow people to have these human rights offenses launched against them by their own government. And really, Apple is allowing this to happen as long as they keep this factory open. But you don't see anything from the Biden administration. And I think we need to open this a little deeper. I think that we need to look at what actually is happening between the United States and China. What no one is really saying is that China right now is ultra powerful. You look at the imports versus the exports. Look at what China is exporting or importing into the United States. The United States is currently buying over $500 billion worth of goods, but we are only selling $150 billion worth of goods to China. That is a devastating number, but the really scary number there is that this 560 is still billions more than any other country we are buying from. Right now, Mexico is second at 360 billion. This is outrageous to think that we have this amount of money, this amount of goods coming in from China. That means that we are totally beholden to China right now. That's why you are not hearing anything from elected officials, from Joe Biden, the same Joe Biden who came out and said, did we really even know what a supply chain was 10 years ago? Yes, People in the private sector live by the supply chain. Yes, this again is the problem with career politicians because he does not understand that putting all of your eggs into the Chinese basket is extraordinarily dangerous for national security. Right now, we should be looking at that $500 billion worth of goods being imported into the United States and say, okay, what are the most critical items here and where can we diversify? Get these out of China, work with Either bring it back to the United States or work with allies on these materials and make sure that we have a national security plan for goods and services that we need here in the United States. But right now we don't. And that's why you hear silence from the Biden administration. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. 
Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Okay? Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I know a lot of people in Michigan that are planning to vote for Trump, and um, they're not, they don't necessarily like him that much, and they don't necessarily agree with him. They're not racist and rednecks, or they're, they're actually pretty decent people. And so I wanted to sort of, after talking to a number of them, I wanted to sort of, I wanted to write this, and Donald Trump came to the Detroit Economic Club and stood there in front of the Ford Motor executives and said, if you close these factories as you're planning to do in Detroit and build them in Mexico, I'm going to put a 35% tariff on those cars when you send them back and nobody's going to buy them. It was an amazing thing to see. No politician, Republican or Democrat, had ever said anything like that to these executives. And it was music to the ears of people in Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, the Brexit states. You live here in Ohio, you know what I'm talking about. Whether Trump means it or not is kind of irrelevant because he's saying the things to people who are hurting. And it's why every beaten down, nameless, forgotten working stiff who used to be part of what was called the middle class, loves Trump. He is the human Molotov cocktail that they've been waiting okay. for. The human Molotov cocktail. Um, that has not changed. Tudor Dixon just gave you the math, and the math's going to get worse. In 2023 and 2024, for working class people, yesterday in the, uh, in the uh, jobs report, the ADP uh, about the payrolls, 100,000 manufacturing jobs since the last 100,000 manufacturing jobs. Don't talk to me about service economy. Don't talk to me about flipping burgers at, uh, at McDonald's. We need high value added manufacturing jobs and they're just not going to magically come back. Remember this is, and this is to all the Republicans out there, all these Austrian school of economic Republicans. Okay. We're not an economy in a country. We're a country with a civic society that has an economy. There's not, this is not the second law. When Tudor Dixon gave you that number, that's not the second law of thermodynamics. It's not some property of the physical world that has the high value added manufacturing jobs that built this nation to be shipped. And it's shipped over because Lao Beijing, old hundred names, the common man and woman in China is a slave. And for those of you the other day, some of the guys in some of the chat were saying, why Steve say until Lai Beijing's free, you know, we're not free. Is he a neocon? No, no, no. Because the global system, the economic system they have created is predicated upon the slave labor of China. So they don't have to pay the working men and women of Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Tennessee and Alabama. In Colorado, Arizona, Texas, all of it, the wages that we naturally should have. And once again, this is not a physical property of the universe like some people talk about. It's not. This is about policy. This is about policy. This is about making sure that the Uniparty and their paymasters on Wall Street and the global corporations don't have their way. This is how do you think? With the, using the Federal Reserve, how do we get to a situation that 0.5% of your countrymen, 0.5% own more assets than the bottom 90%? If the revolutionary generation who fought a revolutionary war against this with the Marquis de Lafayette, Joe Biden, and, and our French partners – to destroy, to get away from a landed aristocracy, corrupt landed aristocracy with the British royal family and all those guys and the monopolistic oligarchs of the East India trading companies, Sam Adams and John Hancock and these freebooters up in Massachusetts. And of course, the folks down in Virginia didn't want to do that. 
They understand a different future. And look what we've done today. They would come back and spit on the floor of what we've allowed to happen. And so when Tudor Dixon's talking about these numbers, that's the manifestation of what we have allowed to happen. Tudor Dixon, is Michael Moore correct when he sits there? Michael Moore is no friend of Trump. He's no friend of this movement. He's absolutely on the other side, but he called it in 16. That is from 2016, his voice, ma'am. What the people of Michigan were looking for at that time, but no one is having this conversation now. No one is coming out with those kinds of solutions at this moment. You're just not hearing that. So let's take a look at just this week. You have Joe Biden coming into Michigan and touting this great economy, which, Steve, you and I both know that's not the case here in Michigan. But I think that gaslighting was the word of the year. That would be pretty accurate for what's happening in Michigan because he comes into Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer. They go to a semiconductor plant and they brag about the CHIPS Act, all these billions of dollars going into the CHIPS Act that will create maybe, maybe 150 jobs in the next three years in the state of Michigan. Meanwhile, you still have the big automotive companies sending work over to China. We just in October talked to a factory in western Michigan who said, because we had a tool shop in Detroit that was told by GM that they are outsourcing to China. The bit, one of the biggest tool shops in Detroit is now closing their doors, which ultimately will hurt us so significantly. We may have to close our doors as well. That supply chain, look at that. That's all breaking apart here in the state of Michigan. And then once you see these big companies that are laying off hundreds of people at a time, you suddenly have grocery stores that are struggling. You suddenly have area, even schools that are struggling because they don't have as many students. We have had a mass exodus from our schools this year. And that's not because we just have parents not going. Part of it is the parents chose to go elsewhere. But part of it is that people are leaving the state of Michigan. We lost con- a congressional seat in the state of Michigan. This is truly a crisis that we're seeing. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that this is going overseas but you're not hearing those messages that you heard in 2016. Where are the Republicans that are going to come out and say, you know what, we are going to protect your jobs. I mean, that's a simple message. We're going to protect your jobs. And when you see these union workers here in Michigan, if you look at their Twitter accounts, remember the guy that Joe Biden was yelling at about the AR-14? I believe that's what he told him. Well, that guy is still out there tweeting and saying, I was told by my union to vote for Joe Biden, but I'm not going to. This is not the guy who's going to protect my jobs. And I wish people would see that we continue to lose the union jobs here in the state of Michigan. This is why we had the railroad executive, the railroad union leader on yesterday. Those are all Trump. Those are all potential Trump voters, all 27,000 of them. Tudor, how do people uh, follow you? How do they uh, get to you and how do they uh, get to know you better? Yeah, go to Twitter at Tudor Dixon. Go to Facebook at Tudor Dixon. We talk about all of these things. The rail strike, the potential rail strike. I know you guys are covering that. I'm glad you are because I think people really need to understand that this is not just your Christmas gifts that you're not going to get. These are your jobs that are going to be delayed. These are factories that are going to shut down. We cannot afford to have this happen. Again, a crisis of the Biden administration. Again, a crisis of career politicians having no idea what happens in the private sector. Tudor, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. And the folks in Michigan and Pennsylvania, Ohio, understand your fight is our fight. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let me get Joe Allen on here. We don't have time. The, the cold, his cold open is over four minutes. Let me get Joe in here. We'll play it on the other side. So Joe Allen, um, yesterday is a day that will live in infamy. And hey, you know, it's, it's a, Bannon, they say you're a Luddite. You know, you guys are anti-technology. You're, no, we're not anti-technology. What we're anti is these monumental things happening and having no debate and no discussion about it, and they just happen. Joe Allen, describe what last night was, uh, this Neuralink. It's kind of a side hustle. And if people think Elon Musk is not talented, look, I'm not an Elon Musk fan at all. People know that because involved in the CCP and other things. But it was pretty impressive what Neuralink has done. I, I will say that. And talk to us about this four hour. And I really want to thank, I think there were 27 members of the War Room Posse that were watching this live last night. We're doing chats on it. Jo, uh, Joe, you were the host. Incredible. And people hung for the whole four and a half hours. So what, what occurred last night, sir? Yeah, Steve, uh, Neuralink 
had their show and tell in which they basically laid out what sort of advances uh, they've accomplished. And of course, Musk began talking about the philosophy that underpins it. That philosophy is the most important element to my mind. Right now, you've got a lot of people on the right, understandably, uh, cheering Elon Musk on for the acquisition of Twitter and the advocacy of free speech. Totally for that. I think tactically, uh, I, I really do understand the sort of cheerleading. But in the same way that you can only make sense of what Neuralink is really intended for, which is for normal human beings to take it as a sort of commercial prod, uh, product uh, and using the human brain, the human soul, with artificial intelligence in the same way that Neuralink can only be understood in light of that philosophy. I think it's good to ask the question, how do we understand this acquisition of Twitter in light of that underlying philosophy? Um, this is uh, Homo sapien 2.0, is it not? This is the, you're seeing the convergence to what we call, cause he talked about, I'm doing this. I mean, his explanation, we'll play it at the next part that I'm doing this so we, mankind, can get ahead of artificial intelligence. I'm not driving this to the singularity. I'm doing this for the benefit of mankind. Give me 30 seconds of that before we go to break, Joe. Well, you know what? Uh, Musk has openly said that he is, in many ways, driving us towards the singularity. He just sees it as being much more gradual than Ray Kurzweil would predict. But he is Tesla is working on artificial general intelligence, he has hinted. And obviously, the brain-machine interface is something that is a pet project of his. So, no, I don't, I don't buy the idea that he's trying to fight this back by being a good guy. Yeah. Short commercial break. Libby Edmonds from uh, Post Millennial is going to join us. Joe Allen's going to walk us through it. All of it. A um, major day in modern history last night at Nerland. Back in a moment. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com and download the app today totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. The overall, the overarching goal of Neuralink is to create a, uh, ultimately a whole brain interface. So, uh, a, a, a generalized input output device that in, in, you know, in the long term, literally could interface with uh, every aspect of your brain. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about a long term goal. Uh, it's going to sound a little esoteric, but it, it was actually the sort of my, my prime motivation. Kind of what, what what do we do about AI? Like, what do we do about artificial general intelligence? Uh, if if we have digital super intelligence that's you know just much smarter than any human, how do we Mitigate that risk um, at, a, at a species level. How do we mitigate that risk? Um, and then, even in a benign scenario where the AI is uh, very, very benevolent, then how do we even go along for the go along for the ride? How do we, we participate? 
right? The, the, the thing that the, the biggest limitation in going along for the ride and in aligning uh, AI, I think, is the is the, the bandwidth, the, the how quickly you can interact with the computer. So we are we are uh, all already cyborgs in a way, in that the, your your phone and your computer are extensions of yourself. Leaving your phone behind is kind of like a missing limb at this point. You're so used to interfacing with it. You're so used to being a de facto cyborg. So if you're interacting with a phone, it's limited by the speed at which you can move your thumbs uh, or the speed at which you can talk into your phone. This is an extremely low data rate. This is the fundamental limitation that I think we need to address to mitigate the long-term risk of artificial intelligence um, and also just go along for the ride. So you want to be able to read the signals from the brain. You want to be able to to write the signals. Uh, uh, you want to be able to ultimately do that for the entire brain um, and then also extend that to uh, communicating to the rest of your nervous system. So this is um, Pager, who is playing uh, monkey mind pong. Pager has a neural link implant in this video. It's sort of like having an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, uh, re replacing a piece of skull with like a, you know, a smartwatch. <laughs> I think it's also important to show that um, Sake actually likes doing the demo um, and, and is not like strapped to the chair or anything. <laughs> the monkeys actually enjoy doing the demos because they and, and they get the banana smoothie and it's kind of a fun game. So. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to make is like we care a great deal about animal welfare, <laughs> and um, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure we, like our monkeys are pretty happy, you know. So, so similarly for implanting our device safely into the brain, we built a surgical robot that we call the R1 robot. It's capable of maneuvering these tiny threads that are only on the order of few red blood cells wide and inserting them reliably into a moving brain while avoiding vasculature. So who wants to see some insertions? Um, yeah, there's a second one that went in, and we're going to do a third one. There you go. And then that's going to go in the background, and we'll come back to it. And as Elon mentioned, over the last year, this has been the central focus of the company, and we've been working very closely with the FDA to get approval and to launch our first in-human clinical trial in the U.S., hopefully in the six, uh, in next six months. And I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see from the uh, book of Revelations. And I don't think it's an understatement. Come and see. Going to the FDA. You're, you're, by the way, the audience, you're a de facto cyborg. You understand that? You're already, a, that's the con, the construct is you're already a de facto cyborg. You've already got the access to the internet, to your computer and your smartphone. So you're already something that's homo sapien plus. They're just driving it to a conclusion and make sure they're already working with the FDA. Any public debate about this? Any discussion about this? This is what Joe Allen, when he talked about the executive order of this Biden regime, the radical Biden regime, radical. It wasn't about a moonshot. It's not about curing cancer. That was not, no, no, it, was, it talked about it. It's about the convergence, about your DNA is programmable. They say it in there. Your DNA is programmable. That's what this is. This is not about paraplegics. This is not about blind. All that is that, all, yes, that is, but that's a side part of it. This is about man-machine merger. And if you tip all its science fiction, these are conspiracy, they're, they're laying it out. And for the 27,000 war room posse that joined last night for four and a half hours, and it was incredible. Joe, you did a great job. Captain Bannon, uh, Grace Chong, the entire team, just amazing. Tell us uh, how um, how big a deal is this, Joe Allen? You covered this for us nonstop, and this is one of the reasons we brought you on. We knew this day was coming, but quite frankly, even I'm surprised at how quickly it has arrived, sir. I think one of the most important aspects of Elon Musk's character as a public figure is that 
he is the sort of conservative bridge towards that transhumanist future that he briefly describes in the video we just saw, but has described at length uh, in other interviews. I think that the conservative mentality, the idea that we should conserve what is old, ancient, what is in in many ways uh, eternal, uh, is the, the strongest bastion against this radical technological evolution. And Musk has provided uh, a welcome bridge to those transhumanist ideologies. If, if I could mention briefly, I've got a new piece up, Pun Them with Kindness. And it's looking at two concepts we brought up on the show before, long-termism and effective altruism. And FDX and Sam Bankman-Fried have been in the news quite a bit. And that idea, those two philosophies have been in the news alongside him because he was part of the effective altruism movement. His mentor is the probably the most articulate advocate for long-termism, the idea that we should be looking into the far distant future as we uh, make our policies and behave today. Well, Elon Musk also advocates that thinker, William McCaskill, and so I, I'm not saying that Elon Musk is in cahoots with FTX. No, 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 but hang, 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 hang on, hang on. You're, 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 you're burying the lead. You're burying the lead. Long-termism is a concept that looks downrange. You have to look at humanity and human beings and think about their well-being, although many decades, generations ahead, you have to look way downrange, long-termism. The issue is, who are those going to be? Trust me, it's not, it's not going to be this audience because you're nothing but, let me be blunt. You're the monkey they're giving the banana smoothie to. That's, they, you're the, you're the monkey with the banana smoothie. You know, let them do something good, pat them on the head and give them a smoothie. That's you. Am, Am I, am I, am I incorrect there, Joe Allen? When you talk about long termism, they're talking about Putin calls it the golden billion. I would say it's, it's, it's the golden or the platinum Hundreds millions, but it's not humanity. It's not Homo sapiens. It's not the eight billion folks living on this planet today that they think are a bother. They don't think they're fundamentally. They take away the central tenet of the Judeo-Christian West. And yes, I said Judeo-Christian. Okay, Judeo-Christian, the underpinnings of our civilization and our faith. Right, that man is made in the image and likeness of God, and inspired by a spirit, the Holy Spirit. That makes us different than the animal kingdom. Okay. And remember this thing in the Bible only makes sense. When you look at transhumanism, Jesus Christ himself told his apostles, they can say anything about me. It doesn't matter. They can say anything about me, but the only eternal sin, the only unforgivable sin is to blaspheme the Holy spirit. And let me be brutally frank. What is going on is blaspheming the Holy spirit, the spirit, that makes us, that empowers us, uh, enervates us, and makes us different than the animal kingdom. All they think of you is a, you're a de facto cyborg. They say it, you're a de facto, you're a de cyborg. You're the monkey they're giving the banana smoothie to, to keep going and keep happy until they don't need the monkey. Uh, Joe Allen. Yeah, the, the idea behind long-termism uh, at least as William McCaskill puts it forward, is that our behaviors today have to be oriented to all of the trillions and trillions of human beings that will exist in the future. But he also includes in that concept of a person, digital minds that will live in a vast computer simulation, ideas that Musk has echoed repeatedly. And both ideas come out of the transhumanist circles in Oxford. So, uh, yeah, Elon Musk is probably the most famous proponent of of long-termism, even if he has only made reference to it once. He said that William McCaskill's book, What We Owe the Future, is as close to his philosophy as you can imagine, something like that. That's the paraphrase. And the other most famous proponent of effective altruism and long-termism is Sam Bankman-Fried. And if Sam Bankman-Fried's behavior, his altruistic, benevolent behavior, is what we can expect yeah. out of that movement. 
then I think that it, it at least gives us a good warning as to where Neuralink, yep. SpaceX, and Tesla are all going. Uh, let me, uh, let's bring in, uh, right now, Libby Emmons. You just wrote a great piece. You followed it last night. Libby, give me your, give me your take on this from post-millennial, ma'am. Yeah. So Neuralink is a transhumanist, um, undertaking. It's going to, uh, lead us into an era where we are not humans, but we are lumps of flesh that are all interconnected. There will be no differentiation between our thoughts and the thoughts that are fed to us via a data stream. We will have literal thought police who can uh, access our quarter-sized data ports in our head and tell us what to think and censor us, censor our actual thoughts, suppress any freedom of movement, suppress any ability to buy goods or services if our thoughts do not align with the authoritarian goals of whatever regime it is that we are living under. There will just be human lumps of flesh that are frolicking about in a metaverse, no access to kindness or joy or comfort or companionship with other human beings. And it's so important that we think about this. Let me hang on before, before, before we go to the break sure. and you're, I'm going to hold you guys both over. Is there any debate? Here's a question. This should be the number one thing that everybody's talking about. It's yes. 27,000. That's a huge audience to come in the middle of the night and go for four hours. And everybody stay to the end. Before we go to break, is there any debate about this any discussion about this there's any public policy are there any hearings about this the the whole executive order got signed and if it was not for us wouldn't even you know joe allen find the buried legion why is there no outrage and debate about this ma'am because we are taking what we are force fed we are little veal locked in cages and we are just suckling on the data stream teat and doing what we are told. I started talking about this in 2018 after doing some extensive, extensive research. And what I was told by my peers and colleagues was that I was imagining transgender people were weird future robot people. I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote and told not to talk about it anymore. Libby Emmons, hang on from post millennial Joe Allen. Uh, from the war room at the tip of the spear of this. It's a massive issue. Got to have a discussion about this. You have to have a debate about this. How about this? Why don't we take it all out of the, uh, of the omnibus bill? Why don't we just go into this omnibus bill and say, Hey, we want to take a timeout. Let's take all the funding from the weapons labs and everywhere else where this money's coming from. Next in the war room. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVID taxrelief.org do this today take action at covid taxrelief.org getter has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, let me go back to uh, Libby Emmons. Libby, you're crushing it. The the live chat's on fire. I've got other people I know that are saying you're 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 connecting so many dots here. Give me your final thoughts, and I know you're going to be covering this nonstop over at Post Millennial, the great site. Um, your thoughts from last night, ma'am. 
What does this mean for dissidents who don't want to be subjected to authoritarian regimes? Will their thoughts be policed? Will they be prevented from speaking out? Will we just be meant to sit back and do as we're told even more than we already are? Elon Musk talks about how we're already cyborgs because we have our phones in our hands, but the data stream really only goes one way. We access that data. That data does not access us. And it's so important that we keep it that way. Think of how horrifying it would be to be plugged in all the time, to not know where your thoughts end and the data stream begins, and to not know how to parse the differences between what you're thinking and what you are told to think and believe. The little blips that we have now where you do a little search for new socks and then suddenly your social media streams are filled with socks. Imagine that's your brain. Imagine that's just your brain filled with socks and you can't stop thinking about anything else. We have seen this coming down the pike for years. Our science fiction writers and speculative fiction writers have been have been telling us about this. Look at Ray Bradbury's yeah. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. Are there going to be issues where you're the man sitting on your house yeah. and there's no blue TV light coming out of your door and the authorities no, come rem- down and say, yeah. we need to install this but, for you? Yeah. Remember this, though. I want everybody to know this is not speculative fiction anymore. This is not science fiction. Mm-hmm. This is fact. It's being funded by it's your private equity. Thing. It's a real thing. Remember, I think in the engine room of the uh, war room has informed me to remind everybody that the matrix, what the humans were, the batteries for the matrix. So don't the, if people go, oh, these are all the Alex Jones nutcases with the tinfoil hats. You would be incorrect. This is why we brought Joe Allen on a couple of years ago. This couldn't be any more serious. It's actually the most important serious thing we're talking about. Of course, they want to, you know, they want to. The bread and circus mentality of cable news. They want to divert your attention from what is important and what is essential. And this is a fight for, um, the replacement theory. This is a fight for mankind, for the homo sapiens. It is. How about that? And this will not bring us closer to God. This will further separate us from God, from meaning, from joy, and from what it means to be a human being. To be a human being is to have a body. We need to have our bodies. It's important. Well, it is going to bring us closer to God in that the way we're going to do this is have a great awakening about exactly what's going on here. That's what's going to unite people to say, hey, this can't happen. It's not going to happen on our watch. And what's going to happen is we have to manage this technology. What's happening in Twitter and Google and YouTube is just the, the surface. What you saw, the signal is what Elon Musk is telling you. This thing on the surface in their control, their oligarchical control, which they have. This is why the founders of this nation, this is what they fought against. This is why we have to be the new revolutionary generation. Libby, how do people get to you? That's a really optimistic and beautiful thought. I appreciate that. I'm on Twitter at Libby Emmons. You can find my work at thepostmillennial.com. And today my op-ed on this is up at humanevents.com. Hang on. Did Libby Emmons just say uh, uplifting and beautiful and for Steve Bannon, the specter of darkness that is? Thank you. Libby, this is why I love having you on. It's fantastic. <laughs> Joe Allen, why do you, Joe Allen, why do you never, why do you never say beautiful and uplifting? You get more airtime. <laughs> Joe, you're going to be back on this afternoon with us. How do people get, uh, I'm going to save it to them because it's so powerful what you've done and we're so proud that you're part of the team. How do people get to you, sir? Uh, you can find my latest article, Con Them with Kindness. It's up at uh, my site, jobot.xyz. It's at the top of my social media. J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z. And on the topic of pessimism versus optimism, Steve, I would say compared to me, you are indeed a light pop. <laughs> Sir, thank you very much. John, to join us back, our editor for all things transhumanism. Who could better uh, dis- define this for the American people than Johnny Cash? We're going to leave you with Johnny Cash when the man comes around. There's a man going round taking names And he decides who to free and who to blame Everybody won't be treated all the same There'll be a golden ladder reaching down When the man comes around The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each hip and in each top will you partake of that last offered cup 
Oh, disappear into the potter's ground When the man comes around Hear the trumpet, hear the piper One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to that big carol drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's our fire and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the golden tree The virgins are all trimming their wings The whirlwind is in the golden tree It's hard for thee to kick against the bricks. Shalom again, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise man will bow down before the throne. And at his feet they'll cast their golden crown. When the man comes around Whoever is unjust Let him be unjust still Whoever is righteous Let him be righteous still Whoever is filthy Let him be filthy still Listen to the words long written down When the man comes around Hear the trumpet, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to that big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.